0: Hello, welcome to the Scroll a Podcast, where we study the Bible while teaching people how to study the Bible, so that they might, or so that they can read their Bible, not just as information, but as food for their soul. Uh, My name is Eric Miller. Uh, With me recording today uh, is Mr. Matt Rao. Hey. Julia Miller. Hello. You are a Miller, right? Yes. See, I'm terrible. And then and just Miller. Yep. Oh, we got three Millers in the house today. One Rao. Yeah. Although it's not that weird word. Slowly. Yeah. Well. And none of us are related. (laughs) Yeah. Allegedly. Um, okay, today we are, we're off to a great start here. Um, today we're in Philippians chapter 3. Uh, we're going to be pre- looking primarily at verses 12 through 16. Uh, let me read them, and then we will uh, discuss them a little bit. A pretty well-known passage of Scripture. Paul says, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. So anybody heard those verses before? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of verses in there that you know you might see on like a T-shirt, coffee mug. Um, I don't know, something Motivational, you know, about pressing on, um, and it is somewhat uh, uh, moving, motivational. But what? But let's get into it and see what, if we uh, truly understand what Paul's talking about here. So, um, just initial observations as we as we read that, what uh, what jumps out, of you guys?
1: He gets very action oriented. He's talking about obtaining and pressing on and making it my own, forgetting what lies ahead, straining forward to um, what lies ahead. And so Paul's very active. I think he's giving this metaphor of the Christian life as well as talking about himself. And um, I think what we're supposed to take away from that is it's not passive. You know, Paul is active and and we're supposed to be acting out our salvation in fear and trembling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of strong verbs. And so one of the things we'll point out on this podcast from time to time is is, uh, just to look for the action. And so looking for the, the verbs, the action words, but then looking for who's doing the action. And, and many times um, it's going to be either God or us. Now, many times in the midst of a passage, there's uh, there's often both, but sometimes it's slanted one way a little bit more than the other. So sometimes it's filled with promises and it's God doing the action. Um, in there is some of that here. But in, in this case, primarily, it's Paul talking about um, him doing the action. And again, it, and it's quite strong language that so like two times one in verse 12 one in verse 14 he uses press on um in the end of 13 straining forward and so it's this idea of like running a race uh really pushing like there's a lot of um exertion exertion here um all of this uh uh goes back to we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording um uh, but julia actually pointed this out and so let me go to Julia here. And Julia, just just, uh, talk a little bit about um, how you think this kind of ties back to uh, chapter 2 verses 12 and 13.
1: Yeah, so um, it talks in verse 12. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my um, presence, but also much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Um, yeah <laughs> it yeah sorry go ahead no, no go ahead oh i was just gonna say um that it is sorry i totally lost my train of thought <laughs>
0: that's right it's well what you're saying earlier that was very yeah. good is, is i think that this the, though that verse is very essential to the whole book but it goes back to this idea of paul is not here when he's talking about straining um when he's talking about straining pressing on etc he's not talking about working for our salvation he goes back to that verse and, and he's talking about working out our salvation and that's kind of a central thought to the whole book and and one of the things we were talking about also before we started recording was just that there's these two ditches that everybody tends to fall into one is that we either work for our salvation or the other one is that we just stop working at all we stop striving at all we stop pressing on at all and I think as you kind of look at the christian landscape it it seems anyway not to be judgmental and if nothing else just looking at our own lives is that uh, i've seen this in my own life at times it's either like i feel a sense of um pressing on with maybe a desperation that isn't good like it's almost a desperation that's filled with anxiety and worry yeah. which god doesn't want for us or it's it's a not pressing on at all and it's more of like just a complacency that that kind of marks our lives Do you guys agree
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I agree and I have totally seen both of those areas in my life as well I think it's sometimes hard to know I don't know in the moment it it maybe doesn't seem like it but looking back I can see oh yeah that's an area where I was I was really striving um you know working out not working out my salvation and fear and trembling but just more of the fear and trembling part
0: yeah and um I think that again, going back and remembering, you know, kind of always looking in the passage, you know, what comes before this, what comes after it. What Paul had just said that we looked at in the last podcast, like going back um, uh, to verses nine, ten, and eleven. You know, um, he's thankful for what Christ has done for him, um, but he's but he's also not satisfied. But his satisfaction isn't in like, I don't know, a- a- attaining some mystical level of spirituality. It's just that he wants to know Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ himself is his treasure. He is his prize. Um, And just looking, I guess, a little bit specifically at the language here, let's just walk through it slowly again, starting in verse 12. He says, not that I have already obtained this or it made perfect. So this is his attitude. He's like Jesus has obviously done something in his life. That's what he's talked about in the verses leading up to this is like he once was A Hebrew of Hebrew, uh, a Pharisee, circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin, etc., etc. In other words, he had all this religious pedigree, but he laid all that aside because of being found in Christ and having gained Christ. He counted everything else as rubbish, and yet he's also continuing to press on. And then he says, "Um, not that I've obtained this, and he says, but I press on to make it my own. And so the question is, what is this and what is it? because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Um, and then I think he explains that as you go down a little farther. He goes, verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal, so here it is, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You follow me? And so, um, and so just this, this idea that Jesus has saved him, he's been saved by grace, Jesus has laid hold of him, and Again, he says he presses on to make it his own. Very interesting language because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So just because Christ has done this in his life, it's not this co-working where like he's got to, Christ saved him, but now he's got to work to keep it. He just like, this is the, I don't know, this is the natural response to grace in mm-hmm. our lives. Does that make sense?
1: It's it's the motivation behind wanting to grow in that upward call of, of God in Christ Jesus. And when you know that you're secure. I mean, probably, I'm not a parent, but I would guess this is kind of how it works, is like when you are a young child and you feel very secure in your love for your parents, you show that more naturally.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a grace-driven motivation, I think, is a thing. Um, and it's not something where we're trying to trying to pay God back, but it's something where the only response to the grace that we've been given because it's so abundant, because it's so lavish, because as you know, the Apostle John says in his epistle, you know, uh, you know, what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. The only response is to give Jesus absolutely all of our life. Like it, it does not make any sense to give Jesus part of your life. And when we even talk like that or even think that that's a thing, it shows that we don't really understand the gospel. Yeah. Does make sense? And, and so he goes on. And, and again, so, here's another little tidbit for sometimes studying the Bible, just so just pause aside and we'll get back to the actual conversation here. But if you look at verse 15. He says, let those of us who are mature, think this way, and the little tidbit for studying the Bible is sometimes just take a passage, look how it starts and how it ends. So here for our purposes, too, um, you know, we're, we just started in verse 12. And so it's not very far. But then down to verse 15 this is and 16, this is kind of where it ends. You know, let those of us who are mature think this way. So as you, and the idea is to kind of like reverse engineer it. So the point being is that like, this is what, what Paul's describing here is this is an attitude of maturity, right? You, you follow? So, so if we don't have this attitude of pressing on, straining, um, and thinking this way and, and wanting more of Jesus and desiring the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, we're immature, Right. Mm -hmm. And so our maturity is sometimes um, marked. I mean, (laughs) so I do have kids uh, three, (laughs) three out of the four of them are teenagers. Um, A little phrase that Hannah and I say frequently is attitude is everything. (laughs) Right. Um, And I don't know if you guys, I mean, I probably needed to hear that myself as well when I was younger, but, but attitude is everything. And I think it's the same because a lot of times it's not like, it's not just what they do. It's not a do this or don't do that. That's really not what we're looking for. It's just, it's just attitude. Um, And here it's the same thing. Like attitude is everything. Um, What's, and I think one of the things that just for me bothers me about this passage is we don't, I, I don't always hear people talking like this, you know, and I'm not looking for the exact phrases. Yeah. I'm just saying like, do we, do we talk like this at all? Like, it, does this type of attitude come out of us? This striving, this pressing.
1: I feel like, um, I feel like when you do come across someone who has this attitude, it is looked at as, at, as kind of extreme and like, oh, you know, almost religious, but genuinely, like, this is what Paul was talking about. This is the attitude that yeah. he had. And I think we have to ask ourselves the question you know kind of going back to those two ditches as well was Paul extreme like yes yeah, actually, yeah sure <laughs> yeah right yeah That's so is it a bad thing i mean just like mm-hmm. logically kind of following that that train of thought is like well paul was extreme obviously in pressing and straining and you know working towards the goal and so like why is that a bad thing why do we look at other people or you know get offended maybe when people think that of ourselves i mean we should be extreme
0: yeah, no, I agree. I, this will get me on a soapbox a little bit, but one of the words that I hate in the Christian life, again, every time I say that, I, I know hate's a strong word, but um is is the word balance. I, I like I don't know that Paul was balanced. I don't know that he lived a real balanced life. I don't know that Jesus lived a real balanced life. You know what I mean? No. Did you <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I mean they were
1: completely <laughs> off their rockers in yeah.
0: a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Like I think the early church the disciples were I don't know that balance was the word that you would use to describe them Um, and yet a lot of times I think balance would be an adjective that we would use to describe somebody who is really mature now again if I you know if I have a wife and kids and a family and the Bible tells me that one of my responsibilities is to take care of my family but I don't provide for them in any way and I just spend all my time praying and reading my Bible, am I unbalanced in a way? Sure. I mean, there's a sense, there's a context in which that would apply, but I'm saying there's another way in which sometimes um, I think we miss it completely by thinking that we need to be these nice, balanced people, you know, whatever that, uh, whatever that looks like. So any thoughts on that? bro?
2: Well, you know, as I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the passage, hearing you guys talk, I, I really think that a lot of this is coming out of who I am in Christ. So I'm not working to an identity. I'm working out of my identity, from an identity, yeah. And that that's huge. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of my church life, uh, my past church life, has been you need to try to get God. You need to try to try to achieve something. And if you're looking at it through that lens, it seems really like oh man, I have to do all this stuff. If I've, if I'm working out of who I am in Christ it actually is something i want to do right it's actually something that i i have a passion about so you know i have some friends that are um <clears throat> michigan fans how do oh, i know man. they're Mich- how do i know they're michigan fans i mean even when they're losing they're wearing the colors and they're going to games and everything but right now they're especially excited
0: well they also just won the national championship which is yeah. the source yeah. but but yeah. you
2: know okay so so let's take Let's take that though. I mean, like they're going to be talking about it for the next 10 years. They will. Uh well, Jesus has won everything for us. <laughs> yeah. Why would we not be excited about doing and, and and going there? You know, everything that Christ has done for us, it's already been done. And we're just we're just carrying him around with us. And and it, it, that that's the life that we're living.
1: Yeah. I think a a thought or an attitude that stops a lot of us from being that, you know, extreme Michigan state fan or, or whatever is fear. It's like fear of man and fear of what the other person's going to think of me. And also fear that I'm going to come across as super religious or super spiritual or something like that. When, you know, I don't want to offend. Like, I just want to, I want us to have like a nice conversation or a good time or whatever that is. Like it's really fear, but I don't think looking at Paul, I mean, he just, Did not give a crap if I'm allowed to say that.
0: We will allow that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, he didn't. And well, here's here's the thing, just just to be clear, not to make too much of this, but like the word, you know, he counts it all as rubbish. There's there's a very literal way. (laughs) (laughs) We point this out when we're back in that passage, you know, it's scubala, which you know, the word Mm -hmm. manure, like that's he didn't. He was he. That's how he counted all that stuff, and he was pressing on. I want to focus in a little bit on verse 13, because there's another strong verb in there that is kind of the uh, the other side of the straining, the pressing on. So we've, you know, two times it's press on and then straining forward, same idea. But then he says this, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And the point is simply being is that if we truly want to strain forward if we want to press on for this upward call of God in Christ Jesus which is what Jesus Christ has laid hold of us for to make us his that we will be with him forever someday in heaven what what do you think Paul has in mind when he talks about forgetting
1: is he forgetting his past as a pharisee and as a you know the Hebrew of Hebrews and sort of his religious the religiosity of his pre-Christ life
0: I definitely think in the context that's probably the first thing that 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 jumps out is there anything else and not just for Paul but I guess just in our own in our own Christian lives so in by way of application because I think my point simply being here is that it's kind of forgetting it's kind of it's not the same it's on the opposite end of the spectrum as straining forward it's but but it goes along with it and one of the things that can keep us from pressing on Straining forward is if is remembering <laughs> or by like, like hanging on to the past. Do you see what I'm saying? And so sometimes that's one of the things that gets. So what are the some of the things that we remember or say it the other way that we don't forget that keep us from straining forward? I I, I another thing that's just coming to mind. And again, I I agree with you that I think primarily what Paul has in mind is this is his religious pedigree. But what about just our sin mm-hmm. and our now again we don't make light of it. We don't we, we confess it. We, um uh, we don't minimize sin in any way, shape or form. And yet at the same time, I think there's something here that like, I'm thinking about just that idea of like, if we're going to live victoriously, we truly have to believe that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we have to forget, you know, some of the stuff that's behind and we have to press forward into what God calls us to, but I don't know anything, anything else.
1: Yeah. Just a, um, quick aside on that, in the Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, one of the primary tactics that Wormwood advises his, you know, the the, yeah. the devil who's torturing um, his human patient, as he calls him, he advises him to keep reminding the patient of the mistakes and sins that he's made in his right. past. I think that's where the enemy wants us to live a lot of times is when we, you know, keep remembering our mistakes and our sins and whatnot, we are living in that past, and we're not victorious over, um, we're not living a victorious Christian life, which I think comes down to the present and what we're doing in the present moment, you know?
0: No, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, uh, yeah, the, I don't know, the power of the past is, uh, is a very real thing. Um, and again, the gospel speaks to all that. Um, and again, Paul was rooted and grounded in that in a very real way that allowed him to both forget, but to also, uh, press on, um, what else in the passage, anything else that
2: jumps out at you guys? Well, well to tag on to that, I mean, once again, I don't want to harp on this identity thing, but I think, um, I, you know, I think, I don't know, even working at the nursing home, I was a chaplain there for almost five years. It's amazing how many people are latched on. Like, you know, like one guy was obsessed with the fact that he was a, a, uh, you know, a quarterback in the high school days, you know, Fast forward 50, 60 years, he's still talking about the glory days, and that was the True. best time of his life. And it's like, holy moly, you just missed the last 50, 60 years because you're so latched on to what was the best days of your life. And then, then you also meet people that maybe you had some traumatic experiences at, at, in high school, like you know maybe you were a nerd or you know people picked on you, and you can't get past that either. And so like you're, you're fixated on the past so much that you can't move forward. And it almost deadlocks you into no momentum at all. Uh, oh
0: man, you're, you're touching on something that I want to go after. <laughs> I want to go after so badly here. How much time? Do I have left this <laughs> podcast? It, it, it's a massive thing to take up. Let me just touch on a little bit. And that is the idea of trauma. So now I know it might seem like a little bit of a stretch, um, to bring the idea, of, and I'm talking like kind of like clinical, like like trauma. Um, but but we first and foremost want to bring the word of God to bear on every area of our life. And let me give some some needed caveats here to preface this whole thing, because what I'm about to say is not in any way that I in no way want to minimize the very real hurt and pain that has happened to people. And many times, not just the pain of their own sin at all, but many times sin that was done to them, like things that legitimately understandable were traumatic, and it was very real. Um, This verse, however, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, is a very interesting and real challenge to that, is that we... We cannot let, and we shouldn't let, and we don't have to let things that were done to us in the past define who we are. So go into your, that idea of, of identity there, Matt. Um, and again, I know this is a massive thing, and like I'm not trying to give simplistic little pat answers to complex situations and pain. However... Guys, one of the things we're passionate about is that the gospel really does work. Jesus really is real. And uh, if nothing else here, this idea of Paul pressing on and, and forgetting what lies behind and then saying, let those of us who are mature think this way is, is Christian, whatever the pain is. And believe me, trauma is, it's so many people, do I think in some ways, all of us do to varying degrees. Um, Although people, I'm sure people might disagree with me, depending on how you define trauma in a certain way, but but the point is is that we can have a new life in Christ, and He and He calls us to this, and it's something that is held out for us in the gospel. And and as we believe, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, the old has passed away; all things have become new. That is positionally true. Paul was obviously living in that. Again, he's not working for it. He's working from it. But he's also pressing on. And and we, I don't know. I'm just, and, and I, I get, I've got to like wink it at not winking, at, yeah, that was a bad way to put that. But like glancing at imagine, it's like I, this is something from just a pastoral level that we deal with a lot. Absolutely. It's just, and I don't know, it's just hurting pain in people's lives. Yep. And I'm just, I get, again, I'm just thinking out loud, which is a lot of what this podcast is <laughs> for all of us, but like, this is very real, you yep. know, is that people – we we have to call – we all have to call each other um, to this, to press on.
1: Yeah, I think especially when it comes to a lot of people who have been hurt by the church and people who are, you know, not believers in, included in that. Um, yeah, I think it just – that's where a lot of people get trapped, I think, is like I was hurt by the church, and so I don't want to go back or I don't want to, you know um, – those Christians are just all bigots or whatever their line of thinking may be.
0: Yeah, so forgetting, so the forgetting part, forgetting maybe religious pedigree and achievements or religious man-made righteousness or whatever things were gained to you, forgetting your own sin and past condemnation and shame that was carried with it, but also forgetting pain, like trying to forget pain. And again, I, I know all that, like, you know, we forgive, but can we ever really forget? Well, in whatever sense Paul means it here, that we try to forget it, not let it be the determining factor in our life. Like I'm thinking about um, you know, Hebrews two, you know, laying aside every sin and and every weight. Hebrews twelve one and two. Let you know, fixing our eyes on, on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who put the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising shame, sat down at the right hand of God. But in that context we're to lay aside every sin, just one thing, and every weight you know that uh, that hinders. And sometimes the weight, and I think he differentiates their sin and weight because I don't think they're the same thing. We should obviously lay aside sin, but we should also lay aside anything that – any weight that hangs on to us. And we used to live in Canton. We lived just a few blocks down from Malone College, and they – I don't know if they still do or not, but at the time they had a really great cross-country team or like running team. I don't know. I'm not a runner. But they ran a lot. You saw them all over. And it would be like middle of the winter, you know, like freezing, and you know, I'm like putting on layers, and they're out there in like shorts and a, uh, you know, I'm like, you're going to get frostbite. Um, but why? Because they were they were runners, like they they knew they did not want any weight hindering them in any way. And um, sometimes the weight that keeps us from pressing on, straining forward is is uh, pain.
2: So pain, or uh, you know, even on forgiveness, maybe. Maybe somebody hurt you in the past, and you you yep. have not been able to let go of that for whatever reason. It turns into bitterness. Yeah. That is that is some weighty stuff, and it actually yeah. hinders um, your relationship with Christ. It, it, you know, obviously you can be saved and still have it, but um, it 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 there's there's in the fellowship with Christ there's 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 going to be some some wonkiness there. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, Paul writing to these
0: to these people here. If I could just press into this a little bit. Um, more is is just that uh like with pain with with trauma with hurt with unforgiveness um i i just do not think that anybody can deal with any of that on their own like we have to we have to run together um it's why you know going back to the context of uh of hebrews it's it's in that context a little bit later on where he's going to talk about you know continuing to gather together and you know spurring one another on and all these different things is because um, there are weights that that want to cling to us, and we have to uh, we have to help you, each other out in that regard and and run yeah. forward.
2: Yeah, and you I th- th- I think even like at my own personal life. You know, um, there's been times when you know bitterness has has taken hold of my life. Um, you know, and and God dealt with it in my own heart. And it's not that the what has happened, the you know the action that happened. I still remember that action. It's not a once there was forgiveness in my own heart and I was able to forgive that person, and that person never actually came to me i just i honestly through the through through the supernatural umness of of God and the Holy Spirit, I was able to forgive that person and let go of that. I still remember that event, but it it's not a traumatic I don't want to use the word traumatic, but it, it wasn't the, the the hallmark event that I always look back on. So I can yeah. think of it now, and I don't have that bitterness welling up in me. It's not slowing my race down anymore yeah. because it's not something I'm holding on to and being burdened by. Yeah. Let me try to – let's try to – did you have something to say?
1: Yeah, I was just going to – you guys knew there was a Pilgrim's Progress reference coming uh, oh, somewhere oh, yeah. come in come this on. passage, to be so here it is. <laughs> Speaking about, you know, pain and trauma and sin that weighs us down, there's this really um, beautiful, beautiful part of the story in The Little Pilgrim's Progress, uh, which is an illustrated classic Christian's um, novel that I highly recommend. I've been reading it to my nephew. Anyways, little Christian is a bunny and he's hopping along and he has a burden on his back. And, you know, his burden is very heavy and his friends ask him, well, why don't you just get rid of your burden? Why don't you just, you know, let it go or drop it off? And He's like i can't I can't get rid of my burden by myself it's it's not possible it's just there, and the way that he finally and he's you know traveling on on the way to the celestial city and the way he finally gets rid of his burden is by he goes to the foot of the cross and he just looks at the cross, and in the story, the burden falls off his back and so I think that's just a good you know reminder here as we're talking about running the race and how we're all weighed down with sin and shame and pain and it's like how do how do we press forward and and strain forward and how do we get to where we're going in the christian life how do we become mature in the christian life it starts with looking at the cross and letting jesus take away the very real burdens that are there
0: boom well said Well that's good uh yeah i don't know that i can add anything to that um but just to try to land the plane and along those same those same lines putting you on the spot, you agree or disagree with this statement, okay? For the Christian, someone who's truly born again in Christ, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the Christian, the best is always yet to come. True. True. Absolutely. Okay, well, that was simple. Yeah, <laughs> it is true. And we it doesn't yeah. mean that every moment of our future is pain-free or without difficulty or without hurt or with... Or without something that could potentially cause uh, cause more cause more trauma, but it does mean that that our future ultimately the best is always yet to come because yes. we are moving towards uh, full union with Christ in heaven. And again, as we've studied this letter, this is so much of um, what was central in making the Apostle Paul the fruitful Christian that he was. Is that he's like. Which is better? I don't know. To depart and be with Christ, that's better by far. But for now, I'm going to remain with you, and I'm going to press on. And So be encouraged. Today, Christian, thank you for listening. We hope that this podcast has helped you to study the Bible uh, and also learn how to study your Bible, and hopefully you found it uh, helpful in some way. Talk to you next time.